What's up, men of Harvest? It is great to be back with you on our Harvest Men's Podcast. I hope ushering in this new year has been filled with hopefulness and great blessings uh, with your family. On today's lesson, we're going to continue through our study through the book of James, and so we'll be looking at chapter 3. So far in our study through James, we've learned about what it looks like to be a true Christian. We can even say that this letter gives us a measure of what it looks like to be authentically walking with Jesus. In chapter 1, the author gives us, in verse 22, that the Christian is called to be a doer of God's word, not only hearers deceiving themselves. This gives us the Christian mandate not to only be bystanders or somewhat of stadium fans cheering on faith celebrities, rather we are people called to participate in kingdom living by walking out our faith. In verse 26, it's interesting that James now introduces a new connection between faith and words. And he says this in verse 26, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. It is here we learn something about the Christian life. That real faith proves itself through how we use our words. True religion goes beyond the external posture of worship and is actually rooted in one's heart. For our words reveal our heart's condition. This truth should not be taken lightly. Jesus himself taught the importance of the tongue in Matthew 12. Jesus said, How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. What this means is that the tongue not only reveals the heart, but it also leads us into a place of final judgment before the Lord. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Therefore, if we find ourselves using our words to destroy life instead of using them to give life, then we know something is terribly wrong in our devotion to God. But let us be candid for a moment. We have all been impacted by words. Words that have changed our lives for better or for worse. Some of us have stood before a judge to receive a fine, or maybe even worse, to be sentenced to jail for a crime we've committed. For me, I can remember when uh, my high school principal told my parents and I, after getting in trouble, that I would never amount to anything. Those words stuck with me for a very long time. Yet there are other times when I have received better news, like when I asked the woman of my dreams, Gabby, to marry me, and she said yes. Now, on the other hand, we can all remember moments when we said something foolish or hurtful towards a friend, loved one, or even a co-worker. Maybe we have even caught ourselves gossiping about other people and their latest problems happening in their life, as people are talking about it within our community. The point is this, words matter. Because words have power. And what we can see is that they have major impact on people's lives. Our passage in James 3 reveals this very truth and gives us hope as Christians to live and speak differently in the power of Christ. James says in chapter 3 verses 1 through 5, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. 
For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bride his whole body. But if we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a fire. Some have suggested that James is addressing a particular problem within the church, unruly members perhaps, or even people who sought to hold the title of teacher with wrong motives. Although we are uncertain of what is going on, what we are certain of is that those who desire to teach must be cautious and careful in how they use their words. For as Jesus said, they will be judged strictly. Yet at the same time, the passage is not only for the pulpit preacher on Sunday. It is also a warning and a sense for all Christians. I say this because all followers of Jesus, in some capacity, are called to teach. Think of the Great Commission, for instance. Jesus says, go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. It is obvious, then, Jesus' commissioning is for every believer. And if that is true, we will be held accountable for the words that we speak to those around us. Perhaps, therefore, this is why James says, for we all stumble in many ways. From here, uh, James actually gives us three illustrations considering the influence of the tongue. James says they are bits in the mouths of horses, rudders guiding ships, and small fires setting ablaze. In all of these, we can come to the same conclusion that the tongue, though it is small, has a drastic effect in the world. But I also want to bring to your attention that all of these, all these things, are exercised by a third agent behind the action. As one commentator said, For the horse, a rider uses the bit to direct his mount. For the rudder, the pilot expresses his will through the rudder to guide the ship. And for the tongue, the will of a man expresses itself in speech that guides the action. Thus, it is not the bridle, the rudder, or the tongue that causes the action, but as Jesus makes clear, it is the motive of the heart that moves us. Nonetheless, the tongue does have extraordinary power, for by it, the body is set to its course. Not only does the tongue direct the way that we go in life, but in verse 6 and 8, James says, when we misuse our words, they produce a destructiveness. For the tongue, it's a world of evil. It has a corruption of the whole body, and it sets the whole course of one's life afire and is set on fire by hell. We must come to the realization that our words and how we use them affect everything and everyone. What is unfortunate about all this is that God's word tells us that our tongues are untamable. He says, although we have tamed all kinds of animals, we cannot control the one, one of the smallest members of our body, the tongue. This truth proves that there is something dangerously wrong with not just our tongues, but with our hearts. It reveals a deep corruption within us, even allowing us to do works of darkness without even knowing it. It is a sober reality to know that we can do so much, yet we cannot control what we say. It doesn't take long for us to know this truth within the world. For many people, especially leaders and public figures, have fallen because of the words that they say. 
Many families and relationships have been destroyed and divided over words spoken to one another. Maybe this past Christmas or this past New Year's, you have dealt with the venomous words used against you. Perhaps they left you feeling destroyed or unmotivated to move forward in life, keeping others at a distance because you don't want to be mistreated again. Possibly, you are the one using your words to tear someone down. Maybe you didn't mean to, but you said something critical to your roommate or coworker or friend. Perhaps in a moment of frustration, you said something hurtful to your wife or to your kids. Sometimes when our hearts are not vertically right with God, we tend to hurt our horizontal relationships. This type of evil is of the world, and sadly, we as Christians have not done a good job of distancing ourselves from its evil. Brothers, we have a responsibility not to take part in this kind of evil, whether it be slander or gossip or anything else that does not build up. We must use our words to safeguard the good of others and the gospel that we believe in. The apostle says in Ephesians 4, let no corruption uh, come from your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits for the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. Our words then must be seasoned with salt as we speak truthfully and lovingly. Again, Paul writes in Ephesians, speaking truth in love is really our mandate. But the question is, how are we to live out our faith by our words if it is something that is beyond us? Since this is true, that we bless God one minute and curse others made in his image the next. Yet even if we're hopelessly inconsistent in the moment, we are not without present and future hope. For although we are not able to control our tongues the way we want, Jesus can help us. He can give us the grace to turn from our wicked ways and can give us the control we want and to use our words. The first thing we must do then is realize that our dependency is on Jesus, which allows us to look to the finished work of the cross where Jesus not only saved us from our sin and death, but he also gave us new life in the power of the Spirit. It is no coincidence that the fruit of the Spirit then is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Therefore, walking in the Spirit gives us exactly what we need to use our words for life and not death. With that said, our second application is that we must pray for our words and pray that God would give us wisdom to use them. This is wisdom from above, that we would ask God to give us words to say to our neighbors. So let us aspire to be like Jesus in both word and deed, and let us do so by complete dependence on the Spirit of Christ working in us. Thirdly, even though we are all stumbling in many ways, and at times we live inconsistent with the words that we say, our standing before God does not change. Praise God. God loves us despite our flaws and failures even when we use our words wrongly. Therefore, we can live with confidence in our hearts that if we believe by faith in the gospel of God, that God loves us and has accepted us with all our blemishes, then nothing will ever separate us. And despite the words that we use and our failures at time, we can truly say God loves us. And therefore, we can aspire to live like him in holiness. 
But let us not be mistaken, we are called to holy living, for God himself is holy. These are the things that we can hold on to in this season. These are the things that we could commit to in this new year that has approached. As we end our time today on this podcast, I do want to encourage you to surrender your words to Jesus, that you would commit your mouth and your speech to share the gospel of life with those around you and to watch, watch the Lord impact the people you speak with, that you would be amazed that he gives life and life abundantly. Secondly, if you're not in a small group, my encouragement for you is to join a small group this new year. You can do so by going and signing up online at harvest.church forward slash groups. There you can find a filter system that will help you and guide you through picking and choosing the right small group for you. Lastly, I want to invite you to our men's prayer breakfast on January 14th at 8 a.m. in the loft. There'll be a time of breakfast burritos and and fellowship, but also we're going to come together as men of God and pray for the things and pray for our church that God would continue to bless us as we move forward this next year. Again, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, keep doing God's word. Amen.